This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Uh, this evening, usually Dominique does a political chop, but I wanted to slide in there and participate a little bit, especially since... I ain't did a political chop in a minute, too. Well, you, are, you are the political plug, and so yeah. I'm not trying to step on any jokes. Okay, stay in my lane and make sure I keep my eyes on the road. Um, that being said, um, I definitely wanted to use this opportunity. Uh, one thing I'm very interested right now, even for my own sake and the sake of a lot of people that I see on social media, a lot of people I'm having a conversation with, is how do we keep the momentum going, right? The, if I had to name this segment anything for the political chop, it would be keep that same energy. I think that's because that has been a mantra for our generation. And I also think it has become a necessary component of what we're trying to do to get this thing across a lot of roadblocks, blocks and humps and bumps into the next level of what it's supposed to look like. Um, the question of the last week and a half in our community, if you will, and y'all tell me if y'all disagree or agree with this, but I think the most poignant question uh, Black folks have been trying to answer for the last seven or eight days is what is entanglement? No. And I oh. think that starts to be trouble. Oh. Right? And so what when, I about, <laughs> when I think about the fact <laughs> That Will and Jada and August have seemed to have captivated and a whole bunch of other things in small ways, but have captivated our conversations and our timelines. And I've been guilty and I posted a meme on my story and it's that and the other. Um, I really look at where where we fallen. I saw a tweet that was very startling to me that said something to the extent that uh, this justice for Brianna situation is very it's feeling very flinty. Right. In the sense that now it's like it's been 180 days. It's been a this many days. And so it's, it's in the it's in the backdrop of a lot of our conversations. But it's not um, or at least it doesn't feel as prominent as something mm -hmm. something that we end up being notified about and remembering. But what are we doing and how are we acting? And, and with that same energy. Right. That we've seen with George Floyd and that we've seen in other areas. And so um, I want to look at and talk about how we sustain movements. And what that means for you in a world where sometimes, you know, at this point, I've signed a lot of petitions. I've given the money that I do have. I have these social media posts. Right. Mm -hmm. And and for those people listening to this in retroact, I just kind of held my hands up. Uh, <laughs> that, that's for the podcast people. That's for the podcast. You know what I'm saying? I'm all the way in, in Orange County, California. I live in Buena Park, a city a lot of people ain't never even heard of. And it's Disney, I, where Disney Land is. It's it's, Disney? It's next door to Disneyland and down the street from Knott's Berry Farm. But what does that mean to Breonna Taylor? What does that mean to the city of Louisville? What does that mean to black people um, and, and fed up people? Because we've seen a lot of different things coming out of this particular movement in relationship to how we sustain and keep our energy. Because I was pissed and I was hurt and I'm mad now. Five years mm -hmm. since Sandra Bland just passed yesterday. And I'm mm -hmm. sick of being mad. Mm -hmm. Right. But I don't know how to sustain. So what have you all been seeing? What are you thinking, Adam, for your position as you know what I'm saying? The CEO of Leaders of Beautiful Struggle as another black man contributing to these conversations and maybe feeling similar. What are y'all seeing about how to sustain this movement and take it to the next step or the next level? Yeah, I think Adam, you go ahead and start it off, Adam, because like, like I said, you in the streets for real. So it's like, you know, because you somebody who sees the social media shit, but then also see like when the bodies show up a lot <laughs> and then when they start to disperse. You know what I'm saying? And you mm -hmm. still there. Start so from that back. perspective, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead and and, and, and let niggas know what you what you been saying. seeing on some insight. I mean, I mean, you know, what's interesting about uh, you know, our generation is that because a lot of us, you know, a lot of these events, like you know, Brianna Taylor, Matt Arbery, 
uh, you know, Freddie Gray, Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown, a lot of us came of age in a, in a moment where, you know, we are seeing, we really saw a transition from how these things would typically occur to like how, like now it's all in the, in the focus of social media and corporate media. And so I think there's two major things <clears throat> that's been going on that I think has really contributed to that feeling you're talking about, Toya, because uh, one would be the 24-hour media cycle, the 24-hour uh, corporate media cycle. Now that dynamic you explained about, you know, you kind of go through the ebb and flow. We start talking about, you know, someone, like it's the same thing. Black mm -hmm. person gets killed by the police. Black person killed by a white person. Starts with the outrage the social media outcry. And after the outcry, we raise money, we do protests. The protests mm -hmm. happen, the prosecutor, the mayor, they come out and they say, we're gonna press charges. The charges somebody hires pay. Benjamin Crump. Somebody, somebody hires his ass. And it's then, an important part of the process of what we go through. <laughs> but, but see, and, that's, and it's not to say that, not to disparage him, because that's not like, not not part of the process. Not at all. But, but after, you know, he gets hired, then it's, then we're told to be patient because when we get, when they get hired, and then there the, the court case starts, the criminal cases, the civil cases start. <clears throat> and then when those cases go through and they don't get justice, then we react again. But by that time, four four, five, six, seven, eight other black people have been killed by police. And then yeah, we have energy, you know, so it's the 24-hour media cycle. And that started really, if you if I could pinpoint it, I would say it started back uh during uh, Trayvon Martin's case. We were and together, I, we were together, me, at least me, you and George were. Definitely yeah. were. Oh, yeah. In Baltimore, it was in Baltimore at Morgan State, eating crabs. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And see, the thing is, I, I think that was the moment that white people realized that they could make money off of black death and the corporate media. Because when they saw the ratings, they saw that black people watched when he got killed. They watched when they, when they're in a trial, they watched when he was found not guilty. They watched after the fact. When they when he was saying all that racist stuff on Twitter and social media, so they figured out. Oh yeah, they figured out how to invite us as guests. We will tune in to Rachel. We will tune in to oh yeah, George yeah. and his wife. Exactly. So that so that's one very big component of it. It's a contributing factor because because they white people have created a formula to make money off of our death and suffering. Mm -hmm. Even although even all those different things you describe, like they know. So at a at a granular level, how black people will react because they control so much of the media, and even in a broader context, you know, they 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 control every platform that we engage on. They own Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, every corporate media channel. So they are literally controlling the conversation at a meta level, at a much higher level. And so we think we're reacting, we think it's organic, but in reality, white folks control it. And so the second part is really comes down to how do we take that energy and transfer it into grassroots political change because people don't really understand that part. People think that grassroots political change is a movement. People think it's like, yeah, you feel me? Like I stood in the street, I took my perfectly poised activism photo in the middle of the street next to the police. Let me tell you something, I didn't got tear gas for the first time this year. Hey, that shit ain't cute. That shit ain't cute at all. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, hey, and, and, and just to chime in real quick, Adam, it's like what you saying, bro, it's, it's, cause it's also the social media generation Mm -hmm. And I want to take the pictures. I want to be seen. And in the, and right. that energy that's created, that becomes like the feel good. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like, man, we did it. Because I, I, I heard it. Like being out here in L.A., you hear, I, I heard people talking about just like, you know, I feel the change. Like I saw people marching and I saw things. So I, I feel better about about the shit. Yeah. And I'm like, that's yeah. not right. it. <laughs> like, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I mean, white people love doing them some arts and crafts on the fucking street. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about that. Like, because people yeah. be they painting the damn streets with black. Now, I'm not saying 
it's a bad thing. You feel yeah. me? But but it gets to a point where it's like, all right, yo, I want police accountability, meaning that local and state legislation needs to be passed so I can see the personnel file. It means that that residents can hold these police accountable, but you gonna give me some fucking arts and crafts, some Starbucks yeah. slogans. You gonna give me? You gonna give me all the platitudes? No, you know the worst thing you can give me is these pictures and these photo ops where we're together, and you got the nerve to put up a fist like that, right? Because I know you know when I when I see stuff, I call it's it. Kind of like when I hear songs, I'm gonna tell y'all like when I hear a Migo song and I hear some crazy ad libs, and I'm like, man, I wish I could have been in the studio when them niggas was cooking that up. Like, who told you this? What what <laughs> I think about right. it, I think about it in the same context of how they go out with these performative kind of this engagement. I know they sitting in the precinct in their little rooms like, okay, and you know, a couple of y'all take a picture, a couple pictures with them, get down hey, on this. Oh yeah, they oh, kitsy clock and the killers like, niggas watch. They 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 how many times do we see on Twitter where one minute the picture get taken and then somebody will post and then 10 minutes after that they beat our ass. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. It, it hurt my heart. It hurts my heart every time to see that because I'm like, y'all falling for it. I would, I would never take a picture. I, I just could, I can't, I can't. And I thought about it because I'm out here in Orange County, fooling mm. around. Oh, they was in the end. Good, good, good job, the guy. Is this real kind of hippity dippity? We're not the conservatives that they want to paint. The, we're the like. It's just, it was very weird. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I, I want, I want to let uh the chat get in on this. I think, I think Jada made uh excellent point. So she said she pointed out getting shot on BLM Street, right, Black Lives Matter Street. Like every mm -hmm. hood has MLK already. That's mm -hmm. all, nigga. You looking for weed? You go to go to MLK. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you looking for? You, you trying to find some? You just want to be around niggas? Go mm -hmm. to MLK Boulevard. You feel me? You go running into something. So we know that these that that these efforts, these platitudes. You know what I'm saying? These this performance, this liberal performance art, as George says, we know that the like this shit is fruitless. You know what I mean? It's toothless. It, it it don't come with no type of substance. It don't come come with no type of real, you know what I'm saying, accountability. Like, I mean, because we've all seen the tweets where a motherfucker was like, they was like, yeah, we want police accountability. And it was like, oh, we're going to get y'all a Juneteenth. Nah, we want police accountability. Nah, we're going to make, you know what I'm saying, Black Lives Matter on the cable TV network. We want police accountability. Nah, we're going to stop calling them master bedrooms. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, when I seen the master bedroom shit, like, in the paper, I'm like, so what? Like, like out of all, like I'm a type of nigga. I'm gonna point out all the racist shit. You racist. That's racist. The master bedroom shit was the shit that bothered me the least. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey anybody? Out of, okay, so out of Adam and Toya, did that master bedroom shit bother y'all like that? No. Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is and look. Why, why, this you know, is, bothers me. Racism. Yeah. Why, <laughs> that bothers me. This, this is, oh, shit. I don't know. And you talk, and this is four people who made they living like we doing what we doing now off of calling shit racist. <laughs> and out of and out of all the you racist mother, you racist son of a master bedroom never was never, never a part of that that that, that 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 you know what I'm saying that impact cack. I never really. What are we gonna call it now? You know what I'm saying. The main bedroom. The main bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's stupid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna holler at Dr. Nancy comment, and then I wanna uh I wanna ask Adam something about what he just said. Dr. Nancy said it's also intentionally deceptive. The same people holding up fists are still deploying police and calling for the National Guard, right? I talk about all the time, you know, we talking about the big peas, but let's talk about the little peas too. You know what I'm saying? Because you out here, you know, on Black Lives Matter Boulevard doing this, that, and the other, and protesting with the people, and you got your your babies out here part of the protest and all that. Not all that's great, right? Join in and participate. Just make sure you're not turning into the little lower lower capital p i'm sorry lowercase p police in your classrooms and at your job and in your emergency rooms but they are you know what i'm saying in your hr department like that's what you really need to be concerned with how you're moving and so the deception is is very muchly embedded in these movements which is why we've got to ask ourselves what really it takes for us to sustain and push past these optics right because a lot of this is optics and so uh going back to something that Adam talked about in terms of grassroots organ organizing and how we kind of have to build a better, healthier relationship with that and get past these photo ops and get past these feel good moments. Um, we see organizations like Black Lives Matter, right, that have really been strong and powerful and prominent and trying to lift us and push us to the next level of things like police brutality and structural violence and police accountability and things like that. But we start to see, I won't say a splintering, but other smaller organizations that start to rise even on a national level to really take that mission a step further. Adam and I were talking about uh, movement for Black Lives, and I think he can probably give a whole lot more context for that. But I want to, Adam, shift a little bit to grassroots, what that looks like on a federal level or what people are trying to start to get mobilizing on a federal level and kind of the advantages and the missteps of those start those shifts. So talk to us a little bit about yeah. lives and what they've been up to. Because we got to reiterate, this nigga is really in the streets. <laughs> Shout out to leaders in a beautiful struggle and everybody down and be more. You know what I'm saying? Like this is I mean, I am let my I'm gonna let my man speak, but like let's let be real. Speak, you feel me? It's so then, many, then, it's so many people who like, especially when it comes to social media, that just that really just do a lot of talking. This nigga really about that life. Right. So Adam, schoolers. Movements for Black Lives. What 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 is it? What does it do? What's your perception and perspective of it as it exists for police accountability? So I mean, so you know, it's probably for the benefit of people watching. It's probably a good. It's probably it probably be good to start with just kind of meta at the national level, like what people call Black Lives Matter and Movement for Black Lives. Like these, there are formal networks. These are formal organizations. But uh, Black Lives Matter, you know, it has chapters. Um, you know, it has you know, people that are employed by it, the formal network, but then there's the so the larger social phenomenon that people are calling uh, Black Lives Matter. And and the movement for Black Lives is like a large uh, collection of organizations and leaders and groups that are part of this na a national effort that have a certain set of values and uh, core values and understandings that they adhere to. But when people, you know, I think it's important that people understand, you know, at the national level, when you talk about police accountability and law enforcement accountability, there is no federal law that can be passed that will hold police accountable. Like President Trump or the Congress, like if they pass a law, like the things that black people want, like black people want the ability to send police to prison. Black people want the ability to hold police accountable by seeing their personnel files, by making sure that in their city, in their municipality, like in Baltimore, Kansas City, and Bryan, anywhere else, if you are in your city, that you can actually hold them accountable. There is no federal control over the police. And I think one of the mistakes that's been that's been made, it's not an it's not an unintentional mistake because white liberals like to confuse black folks, is that they say, well, well, we need to go to the federal level and tell your congressperson. But like literally they can't pass a law to do that. And right. so the only way the only way you can do that is if you do it at a local 
state at a, at the state and local level. And I'll give you an example of how this plays itself out in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So in Maryland, we have something called the, uh, the Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights, LEOBR. Maryland is probably one of 16 other states that actually have this law in the books. It was a law put in place in 1974. And this law makes it so that police officers and other law enforcement officials in Maryland have certain rights above regular, you know, ordinary citizens. An example of that, before it got reformed a little, like we reformed it a little bit, but back in 2015, when we were advocating for it to change, if a law enforcement official walked in my house right now and shot me in the face, that means they would have 10 days before they would actually have to give a statement to other law enforcement. Now, if I go in, if I go in your house and shoot you in the face, I have to, I go to jail, I have to give a statement, I'm in prison. And, and my right in evoking my Fifth Amendment right is demonstrating my guilt. Exactly. But law enforcement, they don't have the same, they're not even held to the same standard. And so you can't change that law by going to Donald Trump or the Congress, but you have to actually go to your state legislators and your governor and you have to get them to change it. But I think people, you know, they confuse the activism, the, 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 what do you call the protests and the demonstrations with the pageantry, the pageantry, the pageantry, you know, that the pageantry with actual work, because it's not, it's not. It's not like uh, useless. The problem is it's not attached to anything and it's not attached to anything that can get specific things done. And I think one of the things that we've been trying to focus on is how to how to make sure that people understand like, yo, you can do all that, like that's cool. But when, but white folks, their tactic is they'll let you, they'll let you cuss them out and scream and let you say whatever you want to them. They'll let you throw shit at the police. They'll let you do all of that. But you're not a threat until you start talking about what I just talked about and you start actually naming the people, the white people, the real white people. Like Donald Trump is not the real white people. There's the real white people, and then there's people like Donald Trump and other folks. But when you start really to calling out those people in positions of power, like the Fraternal Order of Police, the police mm-hmm. unions, mm-hmm. you start calling them out. Like those those motherfuckers are not only you know they're not only super racist, but they are they're the kind of racist that you think they are. Like they mm-hmm. they're, they're the folks from that are from like. Like you know, southern states, and they're the folks that actually like the like our fraternal order police in Baltimore. They constantly tweet racist stuff, and they say racist anti-black stuff every day. But no one says anything. <laughs> but you, you know what I thought? You, you know what I think is interesting about that though, Adam, is that and we had this conversation on the chop up too. I think when oh, damn when, boy, it was like when uh, after the George Floyd shit popped off, you had oh. the, and the mayor came out specifically saying like that was murder, like he murdered him. Like he did, like that was wrong. You feel me? We're against that officer. Typically, what you see is the the whether it's the fraternal order of police, the police union, whatever police interest group stepping up to say that's inappropriate. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like that's not okay. They're against the police, and it was odd how silent the uh, was the Minnesota Minneapolis police union was in response to what the uh what the mayor was saying and being blatant and explicit in condemning the actions of the officer and i mean they 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 were so quiet that the fu- the fucking new york police union put out a statement I, I i know y'all seen that shit when they were when the dude was like you you want to you go out here and deal with these criminals you have to deal with these people right like the nigga was chastising the media and it's like nigga this ain't even we we literally ain't even talking about the fact that y'all choked the nigga out and then arrested and put in jail the nigga that recorded the nigga getting choked out. We ain't even talking about that right now. We talking about the fact that another that uh, in another city, another state, like they just leaned on this nigga neck to where he died, and all the officers stood there with their hands in their pockets. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to get yourself involved with this. 
You know what I'm saying? And it, it just shows like the mindset of the people who is who, who put themselves in this order that like the policeman is always right. The policeman is just so important that they got to stop these criminals. Nigga, if you see your job as stopping criminals, you should not be a fucking police officer. Period. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. And I think that to your point, though, it, it's not it's actually not crazy. As messed up as it sounds, it's not crazy that they <laughs> because the kind of shit. I mean, I tell I tell you a story. When we went to Annapolis, you know, the state capital here in Maryland, to that's where the state uh, legislative assembly is. That's when you got to go to change state laws or whatever. We went up there to change the law enforcement bill of rights one year. I think it was in 2016, <clears throat> and we went up there to testify. We, we're doing what people tell us to do. We go to the legislators. We go say we what we want. We are going to testify in support of bills that we think are good for our community. Mm-hmm. And the, the the Paternal Order of Police, they in the hearing room, they got every law enforcement official they could from around the state of Maryland to come to the hearing room and to sit in all the seats and to stand around in full uniform to intimidate us the entire time we were there. And there were no cameras. There was nothing to tweet about. It was like, oh, no, nah, you, you ain't. It's not going down, like, and it's like they they make it a point to show that they have they have a show of force because they want to make sure that you know, like, no, we're the police, like we are we are given the right by the state to kill you if we feel like it's necessary. And in addition to that, you know, the, the messed up thing about the paternal order of police that most people don't realize, the paternal order of police is a union. So a portion of my check that I get from the state, the city, or the state goes to it. So it's essentially a publicly funded lobbying organization. And so as a person that pays taxes, I should be able to tell them what the hell they can and can't do. Certainly. But they but they get to but they get to just do that kind of stuff consistently. And black folks, when we get messed up, we're so focused on Donald Trump and the conversation about Joe Biden, like all this kind of like national stuff, when in reality, all the actual things that black people want, it happens at a grassroots level. And you got to do that in your city and state. And that's the thing. Black people like the the, the kind of activists quote unquote that we're producing are people that are really just um you know it's it's uh it's all performance art or it's or catharticism. It's like I want to be able to sit in front of the tank and throw my fist up. Let me tell you something. I was <clears throat> when I like the other day, what was it like three, four weeks ago, we were in front of some that was a uh, like SWAT Baltimore City police officers and they had their guns aimed at us and they threw tear gas in front of us. I got asthma, nigga. I can't sit in front of tear gas for too yeah, long. Yeah, like, I can do it. I'm sitting hey, in front. And, and too, I know like, a few things about surveillance, too. I know a few things about surveillance. Everybody that got caught up in the Instagram, social media stuff is like... Oh, they all the, got arrested. Oh, uh, now yeah. they got ar- uh, yeah, arrested, come up missing, you know what I'm saying, all type of things. So I think that a lot of people, they, they, they got caught up in running for them likes and them views and them shares and them, and them, and them friend requests and them friends and them new followers. And I feel like, you know what I'm saying, we, we got to see how even the policing apparatus got to even use that against you. Yo, I mean, you ain't lying. Yo, we got a, you know, in Baltimore, we got this surveillance plane, yo. We got three planes that fly over Baltimore 40 hours a week recording every last move of everybody in Baltimore, which means, and they also got a city watch system, meaning they got cameras at every, not only at every uh, mass transit terminal, but every major thoroughfare in the city, meaning they're recording our actions 24 seven. So if they wanted to follow my black ass, target me and know my behavior every day of the week as an advocate or as a person that's working with other black people, they can. And so it's like people, but it's like people are so caught up in the, the moment. It's like, yo, you do realize, like, I know the police follow me. I know they probably got to follow me. I know they probably tap my phone. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. They probably look at this shit now. 
All of us that be loud and one way or another on social media, that be bouncing around different cities around the country. I'm, I'm pretty sure we all got a little file, and because we be like, together, yeah. they make that file even more a little more juicier. You know what I'm saying? You know, shout out to your CIA, FBI. That's what I'm saying. Shout out to my agent. I hope y'all enjoy. Yeah, hey, Malcolm said he was like, "Hey, I'm glad all y'all came out. All y'all friends, all y'all love. Get your hand on it. Race us a t-shirt. Know you in this hoe? Like we know y'all in here. You feel me? I want to uh, mention Dr. Nancy's comment and then uh, Adam and everybody, I want to kind of posit one more thing to you before we close this out and move to the next uh, little conversation piece. Dr. Nancy says, as James Baldwin said, the police's job is to protect white property interests and they have no other function. So the fraternal order of the police sounds like a headquarters, right? It sounds like uh, very muchly a a uh, not self, self-aggrandized, uh, appointed uh, kind of deputized, overly deputized institution, right? More so than what might meet the eye. Like, yeah, they're the police, but very muchly in the ways that Adam influenced. They're a, uh, pol- what did you call them? A political, uh, not oh, a, oh, they're, a, they're, public, they're, a public lobbyist. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're public funded. They're, they're essentially a public funded lobbying organization. And when yeah. you talk about when we talk about sustain movement sustainability, it's really recognizing how these nooks and crannies start to work together more than just they out there on the corner with a baton and a gun and a and, and some pepper spray or whatever. Like there are people who are specifically dispatched. There are detectives. There are officers. I mean, just uh, up and down, right? Different ranks within this particular organization that do the. Right work do the day-to-day from building relationships in communities they get just because they don't have relationships with you in your community don't mean they had they're not building relationships on their beat in your right right? so though that politicization of it the politicization of policing is happening in so many different ways and with so many different contours and i think we even understand which is why Mm -hmm. we got to put and what, how they act and function as lobbying groups in our communities. Uh, Justine uh, Hyde, Justine says, uh, yeah, you'll throw, uh, you'll throw their hands up in the air and then so quick to do all that. And then they quick to say, you are a threat or just support or protect each other no matter what. And so we, I almost feel like we've got to take examples from our from our enemies, right? From our opposition and really start to stand together on a community level in a lot of ways, the, the, the same way they do. Right. And so I guess I think the way I want to pivot out um, to to start to rise out this conversation is a lot of the language of police accountability, even on a local level, has been abolition. Uh, Adam, Do you feel like I think it's a two part question to everybody else. Do you feel like uh, abolish the police is the right rhetoric, the right logic, the right orientation that we have? Has that been the agenda all along? And if so, what are your suggestions for people in their own cities who are not in Baltimore, but are in? the LA's in the Oklahoma cities or near them and the Normans and the, and whatever, what is, what does that start to mean for us on a more material basis that allows for us to keep that same energy and sustain the momentum? Got you. I mean, you know, I'm going to keep it hundred with you. So my, my, my answer to that question of abolition, you know, I actually go beyond, I would actually go beyond that. You know, as a pan-Africanist, I don't believe in America. I don't believe anything this country has ever produced. I don't believe this nation will produce justice for black people. So I believe that the destruction of America is what needs to happen as in its current form to produce a, a more just world for our people. And this is why they watching us, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the real. That's the real. So you know, I mean, because there's nobody, nobody here was like, well, Adam, um, you know, yeah, like, yeah, duh, like, yeah, we like hell yeah, preach that shit. Take that shit. You feel me? 
Because like we like we straight up agree. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So so there's so there's that part of it. So that, if you're asking me how I feel, I mean, I mean, and they even take it a step further. If I thought that armed struggle would work, then I would do it. Problem is that we're behind enemy lines. Yeah, we don't we don't have the we're outgunned, we're outmanned. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to put black people's lives on the line. Telling yeah. them like to you know, but I just want to, to say sa- that to sacrifice themselves to just throw themselves at the feet. Like yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. but like, let me ask you. This. Let, me, let me ask you this. more question too. But go ahead. Ask right. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, Adam. Uh, in terms of because uh, let me say this first. In terms of you know, I niggas talk about defunding the police and doing all this shit. What we notice is that if you just take away their ability to just do whatever the fuck they want, they quit anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like mm-hmm. what, what happened in Atlanta? When they was like, yeah, nah, you niggas can't do that shit. And they was like, well, fuck it. We're not going to do our job. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like, they just make it easy for us. Nigga, cool. So mm-hmm. it's like, what it, uh, and, and also, and, so in that same lane, I know y'all got the, uh, I know you said y'all had the law enforcement officers, uh, Bill of Rights, right? Um, what's your perception on like, how we should orient ourselves in terms of like pushing movements to, to challenge or to hold officers accountable uh, with qualified immunity? And, and 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 how that works? Well, the, I mean, well, to, so there's a few levels to it. So I think yeah. there's so, but the, to the first part of the question though about the abolition and defunding the police, you know, the the issue is that most black people have never really seen an alternative to the police. So if you had to ask Facts. the average black person, you know, do you want more police or less police? Most most black people would say more police because it's like, well, what are the other options? And so uh, the question, the issue isn't so much the rhetoric the problem is that people that are espousing abolish the police and defund the police have never been made responsible for creating the alternatives uh, that actually meet the need of public safety so that is what our community needs to do now in baltimore we have a couple of alternatives like we have baltimore ceasefire which is a grassroots community effort to stop intercommunal violence and then you also got um safe streets baltimore which is a grassroots or which is a grassroots effort uh, with people who used to be incarcerated, they came out and they, they're employed now to intervene directly in conflict. And mm-hmm. so those are things that's like, if you want to talk about defunding the police, I mean, sure, you wouldn't, I mean, if there's a if there's a half a billion dollar police department, like, yeah, I don't think it makes sense today to just take half a billion dollars today and put it into something else tomorrow, because anybody that's responsible for building things knows that you can't build things that way. You Building things, structural problems require structural approaches. So you can't build a new structure in a day. You got to actually create the the context and the schematic for what it's going to be, and then and like an infrastructure. Yeah, you got exactly. a blueprint, black plan. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Some conditions, some I mean, practices over time that's able to to bring up to the structure and all that. You know. I mean, it's almost the the the, the state of white supremacy and anti blackness is like a callus, right? You get calluses from reworking that same spot over and over. Mm-hmm. It's thick. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take some peeling, some work, and some kind of maneuvering probably to get down beneath the layers, right? Because, and I mean, exactly. they end up thicker in some places than the others. That's why we can kumbaya it out and have, you know, relationships with white people and white people be um, anti-racist and do a lot of the work and stand alongside, but that's still not quite, still not quite enough. Niggas still have to get on the same page about some stuff to cut through another layer of it, right? This is why we can't get excited about the ceremonialization of us marching and walking together without starting to still have that intra conversation all right niggas what are we doing you know mm-hmm. what I mean? that's, a, that's a part of those thicker layers that we still got to kind of work through 
that set it up. The fracturing of black people as we move together is how we part of how we got here too. You know what I'm saying? So got exactly. Exactly. And the last, but the last part of that though is that black people. I mean, the simple answer to the question of how we move forward and sustain our our movements though, we need power. We need power. We need resources. Point blank. If you ain't independently wealthy, one of my babas here in Baltimore, Baba Adamola, he's uh he's like seventy plus years old. And the first thing he asked me when we were having a meeting for the first time talking about electoral politics and we were all whatever, like, yeah, we need to change the system. First question he asked me was, are you independently wealthy? I said, nah. I said, all right, well, nigga, what do you have? What are you talking about? I was like, what? At first I thought, like, yo, what you mean? What you mean? <laughs> right, I'm putting in the work. What you talking about? But he was like, but his, but his point was simple. He's like, the only way that you can actually create change that's sustainable, you need to resource, you need to create the infrastructure, you need to resource it, and you need to make sure that you can carry it out beyond your words. And most, but most black folks, that are younger, like particularly the millennial generation, people who are calling themselves millennials and the generation Zers or what have you, like we don't think about power that way. We don't think about wielding power because you can't, you can't just think about being anti-white supremacy. You have to be pro-black yeah. power. Pro, pro right. Yo, nation Cause if you're not, if you're not nation building, you talking, you just talking a bunch of shit. You just talk, you're doing a whole bunch of, yeah, we know what we need to do brother. But it's like, yeah. If you have to build an institution, and then you have to actually be accountable for what you say. And bro, the learning, the unlearning it takes to like trust black people as black people again, the unlearning it takes to invest in black people and to deny yourself a lot of the luxuries that whiteness, white supremacy, and their pride like that is we condition. That's where it hurts, right? We mm -hmm. talked about before, like mm -hmm. the lighter work versus the hard work. You know what I'm saying? The easy work is taking these pictures and doing whatever the hard work for the police to do is That's like. Right. That's it. Black people, it's the same thing with niggas. Like the easy workers be like, white people are terrible, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's the and, and 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 that's what I be telling. And we could we could round it out. Um, and I I say this to you. Uh, and we could get to this nigga George. Yeah. These niggas think that just the this all we need to do is say be against whitey. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like nah. If you ain't about building, like movements ain't about what you're against. Movements are about what it is that you're trying to move toward. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you trying to create? And if your movement is couched in challenging and calling out and being critical of, you know what I mean, that's it, all. It, and that's where it starts and ends. That yeah, you just an antagonist. You, it's not a movement. You just antagonizing some shit, which is necessary. We need antagonists, but. I mean, you you useless when you can't move beyond being an antagonist. Period. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And you got you got to build power because the thing is, when but we're not used to being responsible stewards of power, and we're so used to being able to read the books. Let me tell you something. Like re like reading about black liberation is much different when you actually have to put that shit into action, and it's not and it's not sexy at all. There's a lot of shit that I don't want ever to be posted on Instagram and Facebook. Because when I was talking about when me or me and Davon and a bunch of other folks ten years ago were talking about this stuff, you couldn't. It'd be like, yo, yeah, yo, like whatever. And I spent most of my energy being broke, building relationships with people in community, and doing things that a lot of, matter of fact, just in the past two days, two of my mentors, who are my elders, they passed away. And Miss Avis Ransom and this brother uh, George Mitchell. George Mitchell. For five years, uh, five years ago, he actually built a he built a community center in West Baltimore and Park Heights. Mm -hmm. My man, <clears throat> my man, uh, he's 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 known in the Baltimore area. But when he asked us to help him, he was just like, "I need to get this school building. I'm trying to build out these this programming." 
And we just did it for him because that's what we wanted to do. It was like, it was for the love, but wasn't a whole bunch of, yeah, you know, I'm out here with my man, out here building. It's like, no, nah, when you nation building, you do that because that's what's necessary for the people, for the community. You ain't doing it because it's cool. You know what I'm saying? I think we don't we don't have that frame of mind because we're listening to what white people tell us. We're watching mm -hmm. the white corporate media on a on social media, comparing what we think we should be doing to what white folks tell us. And then when we're confused at the end of the day, we still end up with the same shit. But when you actually are a threat, that's when you, you want to know a difference when you actually a threat. Because white folks talk to you and treat you different when you actually a threat. They'll let right. you talk shit for the, for the end of time. But when you start right. talking about where money go and you start talking about how these institutions are constructed, they'll treat your ass different. Yeah, they gave Martin Luther King a holiday. <laughs> they, they shoot that nigga. Definitely appreciate everybody in the comments keeping it, keeping it live um, and talking about um, you know really what we can be saying and what we can be doing. If you want to listen more to what uh, Adam is talking about, more about what LBS is talking about, um, and more about how on uh, a very local grassroots real every single day, day in and day level out changes happening in Baltimore and Hackett, how you can start catalyzing it happen in your area. I want you to invite you all to follow Adam uh, at Smart Black Man on pretty much all social media and lbsbaltimore.com. lbsbaltimore.com is a website you can go to to learn more about Adam, learn more about Davon, learn more about Lawrence, uh, learn more about uh, everybody, Breon, all of the amazing people who are working um, with LBS. And I know I'm leaving some names off, but shout out to everybody who has been working um, for shoot, a decade plus now, uh, really just really threading together a lot of beautiful things that didn't even just start at the Baltimore Uprising. I know y'all remember Freddie Gray, but started mm -hmm. way before that and put them in in a position to be ready to respond uh, when their city demanded change and wanted change. So plug into what Adam got going on. He's a good dude. Uh <laughs>